Speech on General Councils by Thomas Cranmer. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Substance of a speech delivered by Cranmer about the year 1534 on the authority of the Pope and of General Councils. I have seen a long speech of Cranmer's, written by one of his secretaries. It was spoken soon after the Parliament had passed the acts formerly mentioned, for it relates to them as lately done. It was delivered either in the House of Lords, the Upper House of Convocation, or at the Council Board, but I rather think it was in the House of Lords, for it begins, My Lords. The matter of it does so much concern the business of reformation, that I know the reader will expect I should set down the heads of it. It appears that he had been ordered to inform the House about these things. The preamble of his speech runs upon this conceit that as rich men flying from their enemies carry away all they can with them and what they cannot take away they either hide or destroy it so the court of rome had destroyed so many ancient writings and hid the rest having carefully preserved everything that was of advantage to them that it was not easy to discover what they had so artificially concealed therefore in the canon law some honest truths were yet to be found but so mislaid that they are not placed where one would expect them, but are to be met with in some other chapters where one would least look for them. And many more things, said by the ancients of the See of Rome and against their authority, were lost, as appears by the fragments yet remaining. He showed that many of the ancients called everything which they thought well done, of divine institution, by a large extent of the phrase, in which sense the passages of many fathers that magnify the sea of Rome were to be understood. Then he showed for what end general councils were called, to declare the faith and reform errors, not that ever any council was truly general, for even at Nicaea there were no bishops almost but out of Egypt, Asia, and Greece, but they were called general because the emperor summoned them, and all Christendom did agree to their definitions, which he proved by several authorities. Therefore, though there were many more bishops in the council of Aramini than at Nicaea or Constantinople, yet the one was not received as a general council and the others were, so that it was not the number nor authority of the bishops but the matter of their decisions which made them to be received with so general a submission. As for the head of the council, St. Peter and St. James had the chief direction of the council of the apostles, but there were no contests then about headship. Christ named no head, which could be no more called a defect in him than it was one in God, that he had named no head to govern the world. Yet the church found it convenient to have one over them, so archbishops were set over provinces. And though St. Peter had been head of the apostles, yet as it is not certain that he was ever in Rome, so it does not appear that he had his headship for Rome's sake, or that he left it there, but that he was made head for his faith, and not for the dignity of any see. Therefore the bishops of Rome could pretend to nothing from him, but as they followed his faith, and Liberius, and some other bishops there, had been condemned for heresy, and if, according to St. James, faith be to be tried by works, the lives of the popes, 
for several ages gave shrewd presumptions that their faith was not good and though it were granted that such a power was given to the see of rome yet by many instances he showed that positive precepts in a matter of that nature were not for ever obligatory and therefore gerson wrote a book de auferibilitate pape so that if a pope with the cardinals be corrupted they ought to be tried by a general council and submit to it st peter gave an account of his baptizing cornelius when he was questioned about it so Damasus, sixtus and leo purged themselves of some scandals then he showed how corrupt the present pope was both in his person and government for which he was abhorred even by some of his cardinals as himself had heard and seen at rome it is true there was no law to proceed against a vicious pope for it was a thing not foreseen and thought scarcely possible but new diseases required new remedies and if a pope that is a heretic may be judged in a council the same reason would hold against a simoniacal covetous and impious pope who was salt that had lost its savour and by several authorities he proved that every man who lives so is thereby out of the communion of the church and that as the preeminence of the see of rome flowed only from the laws of men so there was now good cause to repeal these for the pope as was said in the council of basil was only vicar of the church and not of christ so he was accountable to the church the council of constance and the divines of paris had according to the doctrine of the ancient church declared the pope to be subject to a general council which many popes in former ages had confessed and all that the pope can claim even by the canon law is only to call and preside in a general council but not to overrule it or have a negative vote in it the power of councils did not extend to princes dominions or secular matters but only to points of faith which they were to declare and to condemn heretics nor were their decrees laws till they were enacted by princes upon this he enlarged much to show that though a council did proceed against the king with which they then threatened the king that their sentence was of no force as being without their sphere the determination of councils ought to be well considered and examined by the scriptures and in matters indifferent men ought to be left to their freedom he taxed the severity of victor's proceedings against the churches of the east about the day of easter and concluded that as a member of the body is not cut off except as gangrene comes in it so no part of the church ought to be cut off but upon a great and inevitable cause and he very largely showed with what moderation and charity the church should proceed even against those that held errors and the standard of the council's definitions should only be taken from the scriptures and not from men's traditions he said some general councils had been rejected by others and it was a tender point how much ought to be deferred to a council some decrees of councils were not at all obeyed the divines of paris held that a council could not make a new article of faith that was not in the scriptures and as all god's promises to the people of israel had this condition implied within them if they kept his commandments so he thought the promises of the christian church had this condition in them if they kept the faith therefore he had much doubting in himself as to general councils and he thought that only the word of god was the rule of faith which ought to take place in all controversies of religion 
The scriptures were called canonical as being the only rule of the faith of Christians, and these by appointment of the ancient council were only to be read in the churches. The fathers, St. Ambrose, Jerome, and Austin, did in many things differ from one another, but always appealed to the scriptures as the common and certain standard. And he cited some remarkable passage out of St. Austin, to show what difference he put between the scriptures and all other writings, even of the best and holiest fathers. But when all the fathers agreed in the exposition of any place of scripture, he acknowledged he looked on that as flowing from the Spirit of God, and it was a most dangerous thing to be wise in our own conceit. Therefore he thought councils ought to found their decisions on the word of God, and those expositions of it that had been agreed on by the doctors of the church. Then he discoursed very largely what a person a judge ought to be. He must not be partial, nor a judge in his own cause, nor so much as sit on the bench when it is tried, lest his presence should overawe others. Things also done upon a common error cannot bind, when the error upon which they were done comes to be discovered, and all human laws ought to be changed when a public visible inconvenience follows them from which he concluded that the pope being a party and having already passed his sentence in things which ought to be examined by a general council could not be a judge nor sit in it princes also who upon a common mistake thinking the pope head of the church had sworn to him finding this was done upon a false ground may pull their neck out of his yoke as every man may make his escape out of the hands of a robber and the court of rome was so corrupt that a pope though he meant well as hadrian did yet could never bring any good design to an issue the cardinals and the rest of that court being so engaged to maintain their corruptions end of speech on general councils by thomas cranmer